The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Let me ask you, what did you lose? Or maybe a more appropriate question is, where did you lose it? So if you've been around me for any length of time, um, you've at least heard me say this at some point or another, at least once, Hey, have you seen my fill-in-the-blank? Because I'm pretty notorious about misplacing my belongings. I tend to lose things often. Um, Just this past month, I've already lost a credit card. I've lost my debit card. I would lose my big old head if it wasn't already screwed on to, to my body. My wife has threatened me to purchase the tile devices, those little tracking devices, and put it on all of my stuff. Now... It sounds great in theory, where I can keep track of all my belongings on my phone, so long as I don't misplace my phone, which I already did. So I asked myself that same question. Where did I lose it? So at 16, one of my first jobs was working in a fast food restaurant chain. So the name of this establishment for this weekend will remain blank in order not to incriminate myself. But they did pride themselves on making whopping size beef patties, and they were technically the king of making burgers. So uh, on a particular day, they, they gave me this great task. It's a pretty important task of loading up the grill, and here's how the grill works. Um, it works kind of like a conveyor belt where you get a set of tongs, and you put the frozen patty on this conveyor belt, and it moves the patty all throughout the grill, evenly distributing the heat. So what you have is a perfectly cooked Burger, you slap that bad boy in some hamburger buns, pop it in a heating tray, bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself some burgers. And y'all, I must have had a good night's sleep that day, or the girl that I had a crush on was looking in my general direction, I thought she looked at me, but maybe not. But whatever the case may have been, I was on a roll. I was slinging burgers left and right. And then all of a sudden, I get taken out of my flow. Someone asked me to help in the cash register. So I started helping out for a few minutes, and then I got, I got to get back to making some burgers. And so I get back to making some burgers. Only problem was I didn't know where my tongs were. Look, I didn't have time to look to see where my tongs were, so I went and grabbed me a brand new set of tongs, and then back to making burgers, I went. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, bang. Like, Everything came to a screeching halt, y'all. I didn't know what to do. I'm 16. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm making minimum wage. I'm not really sure how to problem solve this thing right now. My manager didn't know what to do. They were like, all I know is this grill is not working properly. And y'all, for those that don't know, um, that's not a good thing. Uh, And so for the next three hours, we can neither sell or make a single hamburger. Like, none. I mean, we are losing money left and right. I mean, how would you like it pulling up to a burger place only to be offered a fish sandwich instead? It's like going to Chick-fil-A and expecting an awesome chicken sandwich meal. Come to find out you pulled up on a Sunday. Nothing is happening that day for you. And so here's management. They send over a technician to see what was going on in our store. And sure enough, the technician opens up the grill. Lo and behold, there is a melted set of plastic tongs that had melted and lodged itself into the grill, stopping the entire operation. 
For clarity's sake, I can neither confirm nor deny that that was actually my set of missing plastic tongs, but conveniently, the moment they found those set of tongs, it was time for me to clock out. Now, let me ask you again, what did you lose? Maybe you didn't lose a set of plastic tongs, but maybe what you lost was a little bit more valuable, and it's got your life at a screeching halt. It's got your mind at a screeching halt. It's got your relationships at a screeching halt where you wanted to build a family and so you started to have kids, but what you did not anticipate in losing was your peace of mind. You didn't intend of losing your, your, your patience for raising your little ones. Where, where you set out to finish that degree program and you got hired for that dream job of yours, but what you did not anticipate in losing was the passion for the work that you're doing. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I tend to roll my eyes anytime I ask people to help me look for something. Hey, can you, can you help me find such and such? Uh, I roll my eyes at the ones that end up asking me questions. I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to do an interview with you. I'm just trying to ask to see if you can help me look for something. And, and here's what they typically ask. Well, where did you lose it? Well, the reason why I roll my eyes is if I knew where I lost it, it wouldn't have been lost. You see how it makes sense in my head? And that same question was actually presented by a man of God, a messenger of God by the name of Elisha. He was, he was a prophet. And he asked this very similar question to a man that had lost something really valuable to him. And in, matter of fact, it actually didn't even belong to him. It was, it was something that was borrowed. And so he, he asked Elisha for some help. Elisha, can you help me find this item of mine? And so Elisha says, well, where did, where did you lose it? Where did... It fall. And so I want to pick up this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. And it's only about seven verses. And I believe these next seven verses is what God is going to use as a foundation to speak to all of our hearts this weekend to that very thing that we feel like is missing in our life, to the thing that we feel like we lost. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And it reads as follows The company of the prophet said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? Where did you lose it? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut the stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand, and he took it. Maybe you're, you're wondering, how in the world, Jay, can a missing axe head have any significance in what I've lost in my life? You see, Elisha was training up these, these uh, junior prophets, so to speak. They wanted to be like Elisha, and so Elisha's training them up, and they ran into a problem. My, my place is too small, Elisha, but I got a plan. I, I, I want to add some additional rooms. I want some space in this living room here. I got a plan, not knowing that the plan was going to present another set of problems. You ever find yourself in that place before where you, you found a problem, and so you thought of a plan not knowing that the plan was going to have a different kind of problem. 
See, this is what happened to this man down there. He started swinging his axe, and all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, he lost his edge. How many of us can relate to that? Where it seems like you're swinging away at life and you're wondering why nothing is falling. You're, you're, you're swinging away and you're saying, Jay, I'm swinging away at this marriage and I'm not sure why it's not working. Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm swinging my hardest to try to get this raise and it seems like nothing is falling down. I'm swinging away trying to get my kids to listen to me, but nothing is happening. Perhaps the reason why nothing is falling down is because something has already fallen off. And maybe the prophet in this story was not the only one that, that lost their edge. You and I, we've lost our edge at times. We've lost our passion. We've lost our joy. And the thing about this axe head was it wasn't even his. It was, it was borrowed. And, and, and so back in those days, it was unusual for a student of Elisha to have a lot of money. So you didn't have a lot of access just laying around. And, and so th this man had to borrow it from a friend. Now, imagine if you had something of value, maybe it's a, a car, brand new car. Now think and imagine a brand new car, your dream car, and your friend asks you, hey, can I borrow your car? Chances are you're going to be a little reluctant in lending your vehicle to your friend, especially if it's brand new. But imagine this friend of yours is begging and pleading. Please, it's an emergency. It, I need this to get to the hospital. Chances are you're probably going to lend them that car. This is exactly what this man had to do. I had to beg for this axe to be borrowed so I can stop, start chopping down some trees. Now imagine this friend of yours returns the vehicle to you but only the steering wheel because he didn't know what happened to the rest of the vehicle. This is a panic attack that is happening in this man's like, I'm not sure where my friend is going to get another axe, but he's going to get a hold of an axe and he's not going to chop down a tree. He's going to chop my neck off. And so he is panicking because he dropped it in the Jordan River. Now, fun fact, because of the depth of the Jordan River and the strength of the stream, the probability of retrieval was about a thousand to one. There was nothing that this man could have done to get this thing out of the water. And so he, he calls for reinforcement. Elisha shows up, says, where did you lose it? Where did it fall? There was a stick. And watch what he tells him. He says, I want you to lift it out. He tells him to lift it out and he took it. So what do you do when you're swinging away at life and you've lost your edge? You've lost your edge for your marriage. You've lost your edge for your friendships, your kids, your, your, your job, your, your community. What if you're walking, walking throughout life and it seems like the probability of retrieving your missing edge is about a thousand to one. How do, you, how do you get it back? I believe that there's a principle here found in this passage of scripture that, that we need to apply to our lives this weekend. And it's this, that we have to live lifted. We must live lifted. Now, imagine, imagine walking to work on Monday, and you got your edge back. There's fresh passion for the work that you're doing. Imagine going home this weekend, and you got fresh passion and, 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 and fresh vision for your family. Imagine going to your community, and you've got a fresh future for what you can see God do in your community. Imagine when, when you find that thing that had been missing for so long in your life, I mean, we, we find extreme joy at finding the remote control that's been in the crevices of our sofa, and we're like, man, Jesus is awesome. Or, or that cup of coffee that you've been looking for, and you're like, oh, man, this is like... 
caffeinated gold in my hand. But imagine you finding peace. Imagine you finding joy. Imagine you finding contentment. More than the item floating up from the proverbial Jordan, our, our, our emotions would be lifted. Our minds would be lifted. Our hearts would be lifted. Our spirits would be lifted. This is exactly what happens to this prophet. He was weighed down with worry, but all of a sudden, the moment that that axe head was lifted, he himself was lifted. Now, unfortunately, you and I, it's impossible to live lifted. Because as much as we can say, you know, I can relate to this prophet because I'm, I'm walking around life looking for my missing direction, looking for my missing perspective. I'm, I'm looking for my missing passion. I'm looking for this missing joy in my life. Honestly, we probably relate more to the ax head than the prophet because we live life just sunk deep into despair. And, and more than just walking around life looking for the things that we've lost, we're actually the ones that's missing. Be, be, because we're lost, we're unable to live lifted. And so because we're lost, we lose our perspective, we lose our passion, we lose friendships, and literally it leads us down a path of destruction and essentially it leads us to death. And this is due to what the Bible calls sin. You see, sin is any action, any thought, or any intention that goes contrary to who God is. And this sin is literally what weighs us down. And it sinks us deep and deep into despair, into destruction, and into death, further away from God. And, and God loved us so much that he saw us lost and he desired to lift us. And so he sent his son Jesus with the express purpose to seek and save that which was lost. You see, the, the probability of our retrieval was not a thousand to one, y'all. It was in an infinite number to one, and Jesus became the one for us. And so Jesus came into this world to die in order to defeat death. Here's what Jesus did. He experienced judgment so that me and you, we can find peace. We can find joy. He experienced pain so that we can experience the promise of God. He, he experienced death and gave up his life so that we can find life, so that... Through his death, as we place our faith in Jesus, we can find forgiveness with God. But more than that, the spirit of God was alive in Jesus and raised Jesus, lifted Jesus out of the grave so that those that would believe in Jesus by faith would to be lifted in order to live a lifted life, a new forever life. And so how does this work? You see, God's spirit there's alive and eternal and makes his home in our spirit. And the spirit of sin, it moves out. The spirit that weighs us down, it moves out. The spirit that causes us to live lost, it moves out. And the spirit that raised Jesus, lifted Jesus from the grave, it moves in. And as it begins to lead our lives, it lifts our lives and it causes us to live lifted. And so how do we truly live lifted this weekend? I want to give us some, some connecting thoughts this weekend. The first is this. To live lifted, you have to invite God first. To live lifted, invite God first. It says this in 2 Kings. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole. And let us build a place for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. Now, these individuals came to Elisha with what they considered a really good plan. 
Now, only problem was, it wasn't necessarily Elisha's plan. That's kind of like me saying, hey God, I know that you're the creator of the world. I know that you've destined my days from start to finish, but in the slight chance that you overlook this crisis that I'm going through, overlook this thing that I'm missing right now, I've got a plan for you, God. I got a plan to make it better. You see, it wasn't inherently a bad plan to build a bigger space. Only problem was they were excluding Elisha's part in it. You can tell that Elisha wasn't really thrilled about the plan to begin with because when they told him about the plan, here's what Elisha's response was. Go, go. Kind of sounds like a parent that like doesn't really want to deal with all the stuff that's going to happen. It's like, hey, can I play with Play-Doh? Hey, can I play with sand here? Yeah, go, go, go. It's going to create a bigger mess. It's going to create a bigger problem. And so he's just telling him, go, I'm just not going to go with you. You know, it was a good thing to build a bigger space. It's just Elisha just wasn't going to play a part in it. You and I, we can do a lot of good things and God not be a part of anything. Discomfort and pain will often cause us to create a plan that excludes God's God's plan and God's part from being played in it. And so that's why it's essential for you and I that before we involve ourselves in everything, invite God first. The next time you experience a crisis, the next time you experience a problem, think of it this way. It's an invitation. This week, when you experience a crisis, this week when there's a problem that occurs, think of it as an invitation. You may be thinking, for what, Jay? An invitation to invite God first. Because the way that we prepare ourselves for a problem that could potentially come in the future is by inviting God's plan and God's part right now, his presence right now. The way that we can ready our hearts for crisis is not in the, in the midst of crisis inviting God. No, look, don't get me wrong. You can invite God and you can have access to God at any point in time, in the middle, before, on the back end of crisis. But can I just tell you that there is a better time to approach God. And the best time to approach God is before the crisis even occurs. God, before this problem even occurs in my life, I'm inviting you. Trusting God in the middle of a crisis literally is the byproduct of making it a habit for each of us to invite God in every area of our lives. And so this week, our challenge is to just pause. Before the day begins, before you start a brand new project, before you you start a brand new task, I want you to pause and say, God, I invite you. God, what's your plan? God, what's your part? What, what do you want to do? What do you want me to say, God? What do you want me to accomplish? Before you send out that email, before you shoot that text, come on, before you open that door, after you get home from work, it's an invitation. Remember, your problem And your pain is an invitation for us to invite God first. And that's how we live lifted is because we've already invited the one that can lift us and our situation first. Lastly is this. To live lifted, we have to lift what is lost. You got to lift what is lost. It says, they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. He says, oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? Where where did you lose it? And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it there, made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. 
You, you may be thinking, Jay, what's the big deal about a floating iron axe head? The big deal is it shouldn't have floated. The big deal is solid iron axe heads don't float on top of water. Why? Because the density of a solid iron axe head is, is heavier than that of water, making it impossible for it to float. The, the way that it should have floated, it would have floated, was literally God would have had to change the, the molecules and the atoms of how tightly packed or loosely packed it is. He would have had to take out the, the stuff in the iron axe head. He would have had to change the shape in order for the density to be lighter than that of water. Making it float. Here's what I know about God. God is really good at being God. Surprisingly, we are not. You know, the moment we, we lose sight of God's goodness and God's greatness is normally the moment we try to do the things that only God can do and we exclude the part that we should play. God is really good at doing the impossible things and then he leaves the possible to us. Here's, here's what happens to this man. God provided for his need in the midst of his crisis as, as far as it was necessary for him to do his part. Here, here, this man saw this iron axe head float and, and I'm a firm believer that the same God that can make an iron axe head float, he could have done this. He could have told Elisha, Elisha, here's what I want you to do. I want you to throw that axe handle into the water and here's what I'm going to do, Elisha. I'm going to get the iron axe head to, to squeeze itself back into the handle. I'm going to make a float in thin air. I'm going to chop down all the trees. I'm going to build the house all by myself. And it's going to land right in the prophet's hand. He could have done it if he wanted to. But here's what Elisha says. Where did it fall? Cuts down the stick, throws it where it fell. Says the iron floated. And then he looks at the man. Now it's your turn. I want you to lift it out. And the man took it by the hand and he took it. I believe that God is still able to make things float, but we've got to do some, some lifting. And I think about the story because I wonder what kind of effort did this man have to exert? Like, did he have to get another stick and try to, try to, try, try to bring the, the, the axe head closer to him? What if he had to bring some friends along his, his side and say, hey, hey, fellas, I found the axe head. I'm a, I'm a little bit far in reaching it, so can you hold my tunic real quick so I can just stretch out and reach it? Like, I wonder if he had to, like, screw it onto the handle a little bit tighter so that it doesn't get dislodged. I wonder if it was a little bit heavier when he lifted it out of that water. I would imagine that there was, there was some effort that he had to do in, in lifting it. Here's what I love about God is because God loves to spread the fun around. And so he doesn't just leave the miracles to himself. He, he, he tells this prophet to play a part. And, and, and here's what, what I know. Maybe some of you right now are, 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 are wondering, God, can you break the chains of addictions in my life right now? I believe that the same God that can make an iron axe head float is the same God that can put recovery within your reach. It's just going to require some lifting and here's what lifting may look like it may say hey i need to gather my my family around me i need to tell them i need some help i need to go pick up the phone and i need to go find out what rehab facility i need to check myself into what god was willing to do was what the man could not do for himself but once he did that he said it's up to you 
I put it within your reach. It's up to you to lift it. You're, you're praying for that relationship to be made right. I believe that God, who, who can change the molecular makeup of an iron axe head for it to flow, is the same God that can put reconciliation within your reach. You just got to do some lifting. It may sound like, honey, that was my fault. I'm sorry. I love you. We need to go to counseling. Or I forgive you. He was able to change the molecular makeup of an iron axe head. And the good news is he's still able today. He's still able to make hope float. He's still able to make faith float. He's still able to make love float. He's still able to make vision float. He's still able to make, to make whatever it is that we're missing in our lives float up. But it just requires some, some lifting on our part. So maybe you're here this weekend He's saying, Jay, I don't know if I can lift it. You know, in order for us to truly lift what is lost, we ourselves, we have to be lifted. If today you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, can I just tell you that there is a God that absolutely loves you and wants to lift you this weekend? Wants to lift you this weekend. And so if you've never made that decision, would you make that your response today? Would you say, I'm turning away from that life of sin. I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from, from that sin that causes me to live lost and I want to be lifted by the leading of the Spirit of God. And so I place my faith in Jesus. And so if that's you this weekend, whether you're joining us in person or online, here's what I want you to do. Would you let us know? Simply text the name Jesus to 81411. I wanna let you know that you have a family here that wanna lift you up in prayer, that wanna shower you with celebration in this new life of yours. If you're here this weekend and you've already made a decision to follow Jesus, What's that plan that you've already handed over to God? Saying, God, here's my plan to fix this problem. What if today is, is an invitation to kind of retract that plan and say, God, I wanna invite you here. I wanna invite you in my relationship. I wanna invite you in my finances. I wanna invite you in my work week before it even starts. God, I wanna invite you in my parenting. I wanna invite you first. What's that area of your life that God has already made float and he's put within your reach? Now it's up to you to start lifting it. Just take a moment right now. Would you allow the spirit of God to speak to your hearts? I wanna pray for us as a church. Father, we thank you that you are a God that is still strong enough to lift the things that we thought were long gone and lost in our lives. God, I thank you that because of your son, Jesus, regardless of what we misplace, regardless of what we lose in this world, we find it in fullness through your son. We find joy, we find peace, we find serenity, we find a hope, we find love through your son, Jesus. And so God, I pray that this weekend that you would do a lifting, lifting in hearts, lifting in homes, lifting in minds right now in Jesus' name. I pray God that the things that you put within our reach God, that we would, we would be bold enough to stretch and lift it out, God. We invite you into our, our lives and our everyday for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.